Welcome to the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. We're so glad to have you join us today. Pastor Caleb is a graduate of the World Harvest Bible College, as well as Ohio Christian University. And his desire is to share the love of God with a lost and dying world. Prepare to be challenged and encouraged today through the study of God's Word. Now let's listen in to today's episode with our host, Caleb Schaefer. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We are in the middle of a, a crazy election season. Um, we're in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic. We're in the middle of so much turmoil and so much craziness. And I hope that you've been checking out some of the other podcasts this week. Uh, I wanted to bring you something a little bit different, and I hope that uh, it encourages you, number one. I hope that it provokes you to uh, be ready. I hope that it provokes you to tell more people about Jesus than ever, because that is the end goal of everything uh, that I do, is that somebody hears about Jesus, somebody accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior, um, and and that we just spread the gospel and spread the message more than anything. That's what I want from from everything that I do is that people hear about Jesus, that they're pointed in his direction because I believe that the time is so short. And that's one of the reasons that I started these podcasts. Um, I felt God just prompting me, start these podcasts and preach the gospel and tell people they need to be ready, tell people that there is hope, tell people that Jesus can save them. And so I hope that uh, you'll share some of these podcasts with people and that you'll let people know in everything that I've been doing, uh, the books that I've been writing, um, the the projects that I've been working on, the podcasts that I've been doing, I always give people an opportunity to accept Jesus because that is first and foremost in my mind when I'm doing ministry. And so um, that's, that's most important to me. And that's one of the reasons that that you're here today is because this podcast is for that purpose. And today I wanted to give you some prophetic and end time updates, uh, things that are going on all over the world right now. Um, some people, these will be uh, somewhat of a, a review of things that I've already told them. Some people, uh, this will all be brand new to you. So um, if you follow along, I hope that you can, you can, uh, hear and receive uh, what it is that that's going on all over the world right now and really literally it is all over the world Um, as I speak we have recently come through the uh, the Democratic National Convention which just was totally uh, basically a political propaganda piece that is trying to sway people to vote in that direction. Um, but what they missed and what they left out truly, I believe was the Christian voter base. Um, the, the democratic party is all for abortion. It's all for the LGBT agenda. It's all for things that the Bible calls sin. And even that the Bible calls abominations and when the whole party is supporting and getting behind that rhetoric and that agenda, then 
for Christians as a Christian voter. I have to look at that and I have to say that doesn't line up with the word of God. And so I've got to pick another candidate. I've got to pick someone else. And when I see and hear the things that they're saying and how they want to keep promoting, uh, they put it under the guise of women's health. And if you really understood what an abortion was, if you really understood the long lasting effects that it has on women, the long lasting effects, uh, the women that deal with it privately, the women that have to go through the, uh, the depression and the post-traumatic stress disorder and the women that have to go through all of the, the difficulty, the postpartum depression that they deal with, even though they didn't birth a baby, um, the, the things that they have to deal with and the pain that they go through. And a lot of the time they fight it privately. And a lot of the time there are long lasting health effects with their reproductive systems after having an abortion. And I will tell you that if they're really concerned about women's health, then they should be concerned about it the entire way through. And they're not. They're just concerned with the abortion part of it. They're not concerned with follow-up. They're not concerned with taking care of the women beyond that. So all they want is abortions. They're, they're putting it under the guise of women's health. They're putting it under the heading of women's health. And it is not women's health at all. It is baby murdering. And they are trying to fund. They're trying to support. They're trying to claim that the Republican Party doesn't want you to have rights. They're trying to say all these things, and it's just absolutely false. Not only that, but they removed God, under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Ever since we were in first grade in kindergarten, we were taught the Pledge of Allegiance. We were taught that it contained the line, under God. We were taught that, and now they're trying to remove that from the pledge, making uh, an absolutely political statement. Not only do they want to remove God from the pledge, though, they want to remove God from everything in this country. They want to remove any reference to God. They want to remove any uh, allusion to God. They want to remove God from everything that they possibly can in this country. And not only do they want to do that, though, they want to remove your right to worship him in whatever way you choose. They want to remove your right to go to church. They want to remove your right to preach the gospel. They want to remove your right to do anything that pertains to God. It's it's becoming almost, it reminds me of the time uh, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or the time of Daniel, where King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, was saying you, you can't worship your God, and King Darius was saying you can't worship your God, and so... um we're getting to that point in time and I truly believe that Christians need to stand up. But here's the thing that there are a lot of Christians who are being deceived and we're going to get to that in just a little bit. There are a lot of Christians who are being deceived and in so much that the democratic national convention began with an interfaith service. They had Hindus, they had Muslims, they had people of all faiths, all, a whole conglomerate of faiths, and uh, they basically each person got up and said their piece or sang their piece or prayed a prayer, whatever they wanted to do, and I saw some major Christian performing artists, Christian musicians, major Christian athletes supporting the cause of abortion supporting the cause of the LGBT agenda, 
supporting causes that the Bible clearly says are sin and abomination. Clearly. There's no two ways about it. And in the name of whatever it is that they're 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 being on their platform for they the Christian artists and Christian athletes and these pastors and they have all gone and stood up for this party that declares that they want to kill babies that declares that man can marry man which is completely false according to the word of God and woman can marry woman and so I was very disappointed to see some of the names that had associated themselves with this agenda and with this party. Um, the the interfaith service just absolutely it floored me. But this is the direction that the world is headed. This is the direction that the United States is headed. And unless we pray, unless we vote, unless we fast and we do our part, we're going to see our nation take a turn for that. And when you have Christian pastors and Christian musicians and Christian entertainers, Christian athletes who are getting behind this and saying that they put their stamp of approval on this, there are people who follow them. There are people who keep up with their ministries and keep up with what they're doing. There are people who follow them and they're going to believe that that's okay because they don't read the Bible for themselves. They don't think for themselves and they just go along with whatever they see their favorite entertainer, their favorite pastor, whatever, whatever their favorite is. They go along with whatever they're doing. And so when I see these pastors and when I see these Christian entertainers get up and and back this demonic agenda, it frustrates me, it upsets me, it turns my stomach. And I, I fear for the people who are stepping out onto this platform and using the name of God and using this scripture to justify what they're doing. I fear for those people because they're leading people to vote in a way that is unbiblical. They're leading people to vote in a way that is unscriptural, and they're leading people astray. They're leading people to believe that it's okay what this party stands for. Now, I know as somebody would argue that, that the Republican Party doesn't do everything right, and I will agree with you there that some of the things that I've seen come out of that party as well. There's no perfect party. There is no complete, we don't have a 100% Christian party, but I do know, I do know the party that stands the most for biblical values. Yes, they say some crazy things sometimes. Yes, they're mean sometimes, whatever you want to say, but the party that most closely aligns with the word of God is the Republican party in the United States right now. In 2020, the Republican Party has aligned themselves the most with the Word of God. They have consistent and regular meetings with, with pastors. They, the, the vice president of the United States, Mike Pence, is a godly man. He has high biblical standards and principles. 
I believe that that President Donald Trump is doing his absolute best. He is having, you know, meetings with pastors and seeking counsel and seeking guidance. And he has surrounded himself with the right people. And he is he is pro-life. He's pro-life. He's he's all about uh, conservative Christian values when it comes to that. And so I have to say that that for me, President Trump and the Republican Party right now are the way to go. They align themselves most closely with the Word of God. Now, notice I didn't say that everything was perfect and they went completely by biblical standards. If you find a party then or a candidate that does that, then by all means, vote that direction. But as of now, the only one that I see is President Donald Trump and the Republican Party. So I want to put that out there, that this this movement by the Democratic Party, they kept saying during the convention they were fighting for the soul of this nation. Fighting for the soul of the nation. That is some pretty strong language there, and it almost sounds demonic to me that they would even say that they're fighting for the soul. They're fighting for the soul. The devil is the one who fights for the soul. And I will tell you today that that we need to really, really pray. We need to really promote what we believe in and uh, stand for what's right in these last days because we are in the last days. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you this type of podcast today with these end times updates and end times events that are taking place all over the world as I speak. There are two tropical depressions forming in the the Gulf of Mexico. They're out. I mean, they're they're ready to head right into the Gulf of Mexico, possibly converge. Uh, um, and it was this time, you know, in 2005 where we saw Hurricane Katrina hit. It was right around this time of the year, and it was devastating to the people in the Gulf. And um, we need to pray. We need to seek God, but. I'm telling you, this is a time that we need to be awake. This is a time that we need to be paying attention. And I want to bring you a scripture from Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to start at verse 3. The Bible says, As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Now, I want to stop there because in the original Greek, it doesn't say nation will rise against nation and kingdom will rise against kingdom. It says nation will rise against nation and ethnos will rise against ethnos. Ethnicity will rise against ethnicity. And if there's ever a time when we have seen that, if there's ever a time when we have seen the ethnicities of the world in a battle and it's, 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 white it's black it's arab it's jew it's asian every ethnicity is in an uproar right now fighting against each other the prejudice that people are saying they're trying to get rid of they are actually fueling in a lot of circumstances um and so we're seeing this these these race wars kind of begin all around the world it's been going on in the middle of the east for years and uh, it's been going on a lot of places for a lot of years, but these these rising up of of ethnicities to fight against each other and to fuel hatred is part of the end times. The Bible tells us. So I want to 
I want to keep going. I could say so much on a lot of these. There will be famines, epidemics, epidemics, epidemics. Listen, there will be famines and epidemics. Coronavirus is an epidemic. There will be famines, the Bible says. Do you know that in in the the derecho that came across the United States, basically an inland hurricane, we lost a huge portion of our corn crop in the United States. One state lost, I believe it's 43% of their, their corn crop. And that is a huge amount. Now that means that farmers aren't going to get paid. That means that farmers' families are going to go hungry. That also means that down the line, anything that contains corn, anything that contains corn syrup, anything that contains any corn byproduct, so anything that is, uh, that is corn-oriented, and there are a lot more things that are, that are made with corn or a byproduct of corn than you can even imagine, um, all your candy, soda, anything like that, that has corn syrup in it is going to go up. There is going to be a rise in the prices of anything corn related. Um, you know, we have, we have cars that we put ethanol into. Well, a lot of the ethanol is made from corn. And so there are a lot of things that this is going to affect. Um, not only that, but there are other things that are in shortage right now. Meats, Certain meats are in shortage right now, um, and we just see a lot of a widespread shortages in the United States. It started back at the beginning of coronavirus when everybody was going and buying the toilet paper and the paper towels, the disinfecting products. You still can't get disinfecting wipes where we are. Uh, very easily you have to be at the right place at the right time and they're just one case and they get swiped up off the shelves and so we're seeing the famines we're seeing the epidemics and earthquakes in various places there are earthquakes happening all over the world right now in mass proportion mass proportion there are earthquakes happening in places that they've never had earthquakes before and they're discovering fault lines lying between states and lying underneath the ground that they had never ever thought would be there and um the earth is just groaning and shaking right now volcanic eruptions right now are at an all-time high you can go and and look on the united states geological survey website go and search earthquakes in the last even day or seven days there's a, a way that you can look at the map on there and you can adjust the settings to show earthquakes um, that are greater than, I believe, 2.5 on the Richter scale or, or all earthquakes. Go on there and look. U.S. Geological Survey is the website. You can look at the map and you can see the magnitude of the earthquakes and the frequency of the earthquakes in different places all over the world right now are just astronomical and we're seeing volcanic eruptions like never before. Um, all the all these are the beginning of sorrows, Jesus said. So this this has been going on for a little while, and this is just the beginning of sorrows. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Now this has happened 
in the past. Um, this has happened to Christians in the past, and it's happening right now all over the world. People are being persecuted and killed for the sake of Christ and for the sake of Christianity. In Muslim countries, if you convert to Christianity, you will be killed. They, they will find you in China right now. The persecution against Christians, the, there was, I believe, I forget what the man's age was. Just this past week, I saw it in the headlines. There was a man who was very elderly. He was a Christian, and they wanted to force him to renounce God and begin to worship the communist leader in China. Listen, this is this is all over the world. In America, we haven't seen a lot of persecution. We haven't seen a lot of persecution yet, I will say, because if things go the right direction in this country, if things go in the direction of the Democratic Party in this country, I believe we're going to start to see a lot more persecution of Christians. And um, the Bible says right here that they'll deliver you up to be killed. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Can I tell you how bad the hatred is right now between, not just between the world and Christians, but between a lot of Christians? I have seen so much infighting, and I've heard so much infighting between Christians that is just unbelievable. And a lot of the time, you know, the enemy doesn't have to come in from the outside because Christians are fighting each other. Christians are calling each other names. Christians are bashing each other. Christians are hating each other and saying terrible things about each other. And we're just fulfilling prophecy when we do that. We're just doing what the Bible said we would do when we do that. The Bible said that we they would know we were Christians because of our love for one another. But a lot of the time what Christians do is we don't love each other. We we beat each other up terribly. We we say and do terrible things to other Christians. And uh, the Bible says many will fall away. I've seen a falling away like never before, especially since the beginning of this coronavirus pandemic. There have been nearly 50%, nearly 50% of Christians who went to church before the coronavirus pandemic have either stopped going to church altogether, meaning they're no longer watching online either, because a lot of churches have been shut down, I understand that, but they're not watching online either. They're not They're not checking out Christian ministries on TV, they're not doing anything, or they have left the church that they were once attending and gone to another church. And that's very alarming to think that, that so many people have fallen away. But not only that, but I've heard several preachers who I thought were solid, who I thought were good, several ministries who I thought were, were you know, good, solid Christian ministries begin to preach things that are not of God, begin to change their mind on the rapture, begin to change their mind on solid biblical principle, um, certain TV ministries, things like that, that have just kind of gone off the rails as of late and are doing and saying things that are contradictory to the word of God and contradictory to the stance that they used to take. And, um, so it's very, very alarming to me. 
and um, it's just what we're seeing all over the world right now. I want to I want to keep going. It's it's so easy to stop, and and many false prophets will rise and will deceive many because iniquity will abound the love of many will grow cold but he who endures to the end shall be saved i love that verse and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come we are seeing the gospel being preached to all the nations online right now, on television right now, the gospel is going around the world. I have people listening to this podcast all over the world right now. There are people in Central America. There are people in in the Middle East. There are people all over the world that I don't even know that have been tuning into this podcast, which is really cool. And I thank you guys for listening. Um, but the, it's just another prophecy being fulfilled. And the Bible says, so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, the abomination of desolation is something that the Bible talks about. It's something that the Bible lets us know is a very, very terrible thing that the the antichrist does the antichrist does this abomination of desolation and it's actually in the middle of the tribulation it's actually in the middle of the three and a half years according to the word of god of the the three and a half year mark of the tribulation the tribulation lasts seven years the three and a half year mark the abomination of desolation takes place. Now that is the Antichrist coming into the temple and doing something that is an abomination. A lot of people believe that he's going to declare himself to be God. Some people uh, believe that he's going to do something that is that the Bible declares an abomination in in the scripture that he's going to do that in the temple. Whatever it is, he's going to commit some sort of an abomination in the temple, and we know that. So, with that said, now we are in this period of time where, let me say this, there is absolutely nothing more that needs to be fulfilled in prophecy for Jesus to return in the rapture of the church. There is absolutely nothing more that needs to be fulfilled as far as prophecy for him to take his church out of here, the true Bible-believing church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. There's nothing that needs to be fulfilled. However, in order for the tribulation, the halfway mark, to be fulfilled, there has to be a temple standing in Jerusalem. Whether that temple is a permanent building, whether that temple is something more like the wilderness tabernacle that is that is mobile, whatever it is. Now, right now, as it stands on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, there is no temple. Right now, as it stands on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, there is nothing. In fact, the Jewish people are not allowed to even go up and pray on the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is run by the Jordanian Waqf, W-A-Q-F, and they have 
basically sovereignty over the Temple Mount. That was Israel agreed to that. And so right now on the Temple Mount, they have the Dome of the Rock, which is if you look at Jerusalem, it's very iconic. If you look at any pictures or any video of Jerusalem, very iconic. It is the gold domed building that is there in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. There is also the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Now, this mosque is the one that they actually worship at. It is it is basically off to the side or behind the Dome of the Rock. The Dome of the Rock is actually more like a museum right now. It is not where the, the Muslims worship. The Muslims are the only people that have access to the Temple Mount right now to worship. And the mosque and the Dome of the Rock sit on top of the Temple Mount. Now, they worship in the mosque, but the Dome of the Rock is more of a a monument or a museum, basically. The, the foundation stone is inside the Dome of the Rock. And so a lot of people get that confused, and they think that people go into the Dome of the Rock to worship. No, they go to the mosque off to the side to worship. Now, on the Temple Mount, there is no temple. And so we have to understand that to understand that in order for the, the halfway mark for the tribulation, there has to be a temple in Jerusalem. And uh, one of the interesting things that have taken place over the last week and a half, two weeks here, is that the, the Israelis have come up with a peace accord through the Donald Trump administration, through Donald, specifically Donald Trump's son-in-law, Ivanka's husband, Jared Kushner. Jared Kushner has been over there brokering a peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Now, both of them, to my knowledge, have agreed to it, but it has not been uh, signed and, and completely ratified yet. And so, um, to my knowledge, they are still, they've agreed to it, and they're kind of in this holding pattern, but there are other countries now wanting to jump on board. There are other countries that are ready to sign, which includes Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, um, Sudan is trying to get in on it. Now, a few, a few weeks ago, it was, um, I believe July 1st that, Israel was ready to begin the annexation of the West Bank. Now, what was that? The Israel was about ready to take land on the West Bank and say, this land belongs to Israel, everybody else out. They were going to push uh, the people out of the, out of the West Bank and claim it as Israel territory. Now they've put that on hold as part of this peace treaty. They have uh, put this West Bank annexation on hold. They said, we're not going to do that right away. And, um, they have they have said that as part of the peace treaty now palestine is going to get a palestinian state in approximately 4 years if palestine completes a whole list of things which i'll probably have to do another one of these and talk about that at some time but palestine is going to have to the palestinian people are going to have to complete a whole list of things before they can have their Palestinian state in approximately four years. They have to go and get rid of Hamas, any ties to Hamas, Hezbollah. Um, they have to realign their leadership. They have to do all sorts of economic things. And there's just a whole list of red tape that they have to go through. Um, but 
we're seeing this alliance line up in Israel with the United Arab Emirates. They've called it the Abraham Accord. Now, what is important about this Abraham Accord, and I want to just swing back to where the interfaith, the interfaith meeting, the interfaith service for the Democratic National Convention, you're going to see this. You are going to see this a whole lot more. Interfaith, Abraham Accord. Uh, you're going to see Abraham was the father of the three major world religions. Through Isaac came Christianity and Judaism. Through Ishmael came Islam. The Islamic people believe that Ishmael the one that God promised to Abraham, while Christians and Jews believe that Isaac was the promised son for, for Abraham from God because it was done correctly God's way through his marriage. And so this Abraham Accord is an attempt to bring all three major world religions together. Now, what's interesting is that Christianity is the only th- the only one of those three that you are not you are not biologically born into. Jesus said you have to be born again. And so when we are born again, then our spirit man is born into Christianity. But in order to be a Jew or a Muslim, yes, you can convert, but most of the time that is a that is a biological uh biologically transferred religion I'll say I'll I'll say it that way it's passed down through your family line and uh the people who are participants are mostly biologically they belong to the heritage so a lot uh, most of the Jews belong to the line of Isaac they were born into it they were born into the line of Isaac Isaac's descendants a lot of the Arabs, most of the most of the people who participate and and believe in the religion of Islam, were born into the line of Ishmael. They were their descendants of Ishmael, and so that kind of should help you understand. But this Abraham Accord brings those. It, it's it's an attempt to reconcile Jews and Muslims. And, and Christians as well. Now, you're going to see a lot more of this. That's why this interfaith service from the Democratic National Convention was so profound and it stood out so much to me was that they were bringing all faiths together and saying we're all one and basically saying there's, there's all, we can all get to God in whatever religion we choose, whatever, however we choose to worship, whatever rituals we choose to do, we're all headed the same direction. We know as Christians that is completely false because Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. And so we've got to go through Jesus to get to the Father. Jesus also said, I am the door. We've got to go through the door. We've got to go through Jesus to get to the Father. And so we see this alignment in the Middle East where they're trying to bring all religions together, the Abraham Accord, very prophetic. But we know that there has to be a third temple in order for all of the the events in the middle of the tribulation and beyond to take place. So 
uh, I'm going to run down through a list quickly because I'm already at 35 minutes for this podcast. I'm going to run down through a list quickly of the things that are taking place uh, in Israel right now in preparation for the third temple. As of now, the, the third temple's artifacts and furniture have all been created. There's an uh, organization called the Temple Institute. You can look them up online. Look them up even on Facebook. They make posts regularly through the day. Um, but they have created all of the furniture, all of the artifacts needed for temple worship. So they have the bronze laver. They have the lampstand. They have the table of showbread. They have the altar. They have everything that they need for temple worship. Not only that, they have created all of the clothing, the fine linen garments for the priests to be able to worship in the temple. They have created everything that they need for the priests to wear to fulfill their priestly duties because God had requirements in the Old Testament that that were exacting standards for the priests. Not only that, they have uh, started to train these priests. They've, they've found the descendants of Levi, the Levites, the priests. They've begun to train them in the temple sacrifices. In some instances, the temple rituals and sacrifices have already uh, been practiced. They've already been, they're not quite reinstated because they need the temple and for those to be quote-unquote official. But they have begun to do these sacrifices and to do these rituals in a lot of circumstances. And so they have already begun to train the priests. They have begun to grow in Jerusalem the frankincense and the grapes that were used specifically for temple worship. Now, what people don't know is that a lot of the, a lot of the species that they once had had gone basically extinct. They'd gone uh, pretty much, they lost track of them. They didn't know. and But people have tracked these down, and they've begun to grow them again. They've begun to grow the frankincense for the temple worship, a specific kind of frankincense. They've begun to grow a specific type of grapes for temple worship. There's a very specific species of grapes that they used in the temple wines and things like that. They, they've gone to the lengths of finding these, these spices. They've gone to the lengths of finding certain clothes dyes. They've gone to the lengths of doing it all so that they can get back into the temple and worship. Now, remind you, they don't have a temple yet, but they have said that when the time comes, they're ready to move in. Basically, the day that the temple is finished, they can begin temple worship. Now, they said that they know where the Ark of the Covenant is and that they're waiting for the appointed time, the proper time to bring it out and to reveal it. And they said it's in God's time. So as soon as the temple's built, everything that they need to worship in the temple is ready to go. Now, if you need information on that, you can go back into 
the Old Testament and look and see what all was in the Old Testament tabernacle. You can see uh, everything that was needed, all the specific steps and things that were that took place because under Jewish law, under Jewish tradition, those steps all still need to be fulfilled for sacrifices. As Christians, we believe that Jesus Christ was our sacrifice once and for all, that we don't have to partake and participate in these uh, sacrifices and rituals because Jesus Christ came and he fulfilled all of that for us. Um, but the Jewish people, in order for them to worship properly, according to their beliefs and according to their law, they have to fulfill all of these duties and rituals. And so if you need to know about that, go back into the book of Leviticus, go back into the book of Numbers and, and Deuteronomy, look in there and see what all they had to do in order to fulfill the law of God um, and and see what's going on, why they need all these different temple furniture pieces and artifacts to worship. It's very interesting, and you'll see that they have them all if you begin to look on the, the Temple Institute's information. So uh, with that said, they have begun to breed Red heifers. Red heifers are required for purifications of the priest and temple, and they've begun to breed red heifers. Now, they had two viable candidates uh, earlier this year. One of them did not pass the inspection. Another one is very near to passing the inspection. In order for these red heifers to pass inspection and be used in temple purification, basically they kill it and they burn it to create the ashes that are needed for temple and, and priest purification in order for that to take place. This red heifer must not have any hairs that are not red. It cannot have any white hairs. And there is one red heifer that has just a small patch of hair that is not turned completely red yet. I think they said maybe even just a few hairs. So they inspect these things very thoroughly down to the, the minuscule amounts. And this red heifer is has just a few hairs that are not quite ready. They're not red. But there were two more viable candidates born earlier this year that they're going to be inspecting as well. Now they keep these red heifers in an undisclosed location, very protected very safe and very sacred where these uh, these red heifers are kept. I've seen the videos of them, and uh, so they're going out and inspecting them regularly. I would almost say even weekly or bi-weekly because of the updates that I've been getting. And so these red heifers are one of the very last steps that are needed uh, for purifying the temple and the priests. And so when these red heifers are ready. They said they only need one red heifer, by the way. But when the red heifers are ready, they are going to go ahead and make the ashes and keep them in storage. So that'll be another thing checked off the list that they're ready to move into the temple whenever they have it. And so with all of that going on, um, part of the the agreement for the the UAE, the United Arab Emirates and Israel peace treaty, there are some very upset Muslims because the they believe that this treaty is going to restrict their access a little bit more on the Temple Mount. 
that they are going to have some access restricted to the mosque on the Temple Mount. Now, this is huge uh, because the Jewish people currently are not even allowed to go up there and pray. They're not even allowed to go up there until a couple weeks ago. They weren't allowed to go up there and drink out of a water fountain. And so it was. it's almost like back in the segregation days of the United States where they're only allowed to do certain things. Very, very limited. Um, they were allowed to go up and walk in a clockwise circle. Uh, basically was all they were allowed to do, not pray. But recently, certain things have been taking place on the Temple Mount that Jews have been allowed to do. They've been allowed to drink out of the water fountains with no harassment by the temple, the, by the Temple Mount guards. They have one man unfurled an Israeli flag on the Temple Mount, um, and the, Israel, the guards started to come towards him, but he folded it up and put it away. So there are certain things happening on the Temple Mount that they're being more lenient. And um, in the coming days and weeks, all I'm going to say is this, with, with everything I've said today, with the updates, um, keep your eyes on Israel. Keep your eyes on Israel. Keep your eyes on the Temple Mount. Keep your eyes on this peace treaty. Watch who signs it, because I've even heard talk of Iran uh, signing this treaty. Um, and there, there are so many scriptures. I'll break them out another day. But there are so many scriptures that allude to certain uh certain territories and certain lands in the in the Bible where modern day countries lie and I'll try to break those down for you at some point here uh in the coming weeks months um but I'm going to say this with everything going on all over the world we need to understand that the time is short that we are going to be here that this is not a coincidence that everything is lining up at the same time. This is not a coincidence that we're seeing the the political landscape of the United States in absolute turmoil and one party standing for the things of God, one party standing completely against the things of God, removing God from the Pledge of Allegiance, removing God from anything that they possibly can. This is no coincidence that it's all converging at the same time. And so what we need to do as Christians, as believers, is be ready. We need to be ready, one, for the rapture of the church. I know that people don't want to talk about it. I know that people have come out against it as of late, and the Bible just tells us that that is a fulfillment of prophecy. Even people coming against the the rapture, the preaching of the rapture, even people coming against the preaching of the gospel, the Bible lets us know that in the last days there will be scoffers. There will be people who mock the word of God. And so even the people that are coming against it right now are fulfilling prophecy. Hate to tell them, but they're fulfilling the very prophecies that they're trying to come against. And so the Bible lets us know that we are so close, and I believe that we're even at the door. And so we've got to be ready as Christians. Have yourself filled up with oil. Have your have yourself filled up with the Holy Spirit. Have yourself filled up with the Word of God. Cling to the Lord closer than ever before. 
and drag as many people with you. Bring as many people with you as possible. Tell somebody about Jesus before it's too late. We have far too many Christians that have sat on the sidelines, that have sat by and allowed life to just happen, and they never tell anybody about Jesus and about his greatness and about what he's done for them. So my challenge to you today as we close up this podcast, as we're 45 minutes in, 46 minutes in, my challenge to you today is to tell somebody about Jesus. Tell somebody today before it's too late. One of these days, the Bible declares that in the twinkling of an eye, it's, there's not going to be time to think about it. There's not going to be time to make a decision. When it happens, those who are ready are going to go, and those who are not ready are going to be left behind when Jesus returns for his church. And the Bible lets us know that there's a time of tribulation that's going to take place, and people are going to, their hearts are going to fail them for fear. They're going to run and they're going to cry out for the rocks to fall on them because the Lord has taken his church out of here. And so what we need to do, number one, be ready. Number two, tell somebody about Jesus. So I want to pray a prayer with you today. If you don't know Jesus or if you need to lead somebody to Jesus, this is just as important. If you need to lead somebody to Jesus, listen to this prayer, write it down if you have to, and you can begin to pray this prayer with people and have them give their hearts to the Lord wherever you're at. And so if you need to know Jesus or if you need to know how to lead somebody to Jesus, just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus as your son and that he died on the cross and that he rose again. I believe his blood has the power to cleanse me. So wash me in the blood that he shed on Calvary. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's all you have to do. All you have to pray. Believe it in your heart. Tell somebody today if you've accepted Jesus for the first time. Get a hold of me on my social media. Get a hold of me on the different uh platforms that you're listening to this podcast on. Let me know. I'd love to connect with you and lead somebody to Jesus. If you lead somebody to Jesus, let me know that you did that because it's so important in these last days that we're living. So, number 1, be ready yourself. Number two, lead somebody to Jesus. Tell somebody, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your schoolmates about Jesus. And three, keep your eyes on Israel right now because everything that God does, Israel is the apple of God's eye. Israel is God's timepiece. And so if you keep your eyes over there and you watch what's going on, you'll know where we stand on this timeline of end times events. I love you. Thank you so much for listening today. I promise I'll keep you updated and I'll bring you more information. I love talking about this stuff. I'll bring you more information in the days and weeks to come. And I pray for you that God will keep you and will bless you and will watch over you until we get back together again here on this podcast. Hey, keep your eyes on the sky. God bless you. I love you and have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer podcast. If you would like to connect with Caleb, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com.
If you have been encouraged, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode and may God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.